When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, stranger. The Opus is moving out and into a new season as we continue to explore the ongoing legacy of music's most iconic records. I'm your host, Adam Unz, and this season we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of Billy Joel's fifth studio album, The Stranger, a record whose critical and commercial success catapulted the piano man to superstardom. Helping us explore this classic collection are artists like Billy Joel's drummer Liberty DeVito, Regina Spector, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Rozzy, Lissy, The Arkells, Bayside's Anthony Renari, and Ben Folds. Great music shapes lives, shakes rafters, and embeds itself into our culture. So let's find out why only the good die young as we deep dive into The Stranger. The new season is out now and is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy Recordings. Find us at consequence.net or wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to The Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me. You are never going to believe who my guest is today. I mean, unless you cheated and you looked at the title of the episode, but let's assume you haven't. My guest is singer, songwriter, podcaster, and founding member and lead singer of Bratmobile, Allison Wolf. Allison Spark is the Bow Wow Wow album, When the Going Gets Tough, the Tough Get Going. And we had a great conversation about it. It's true. I'll prove it right now. Quick Allison facts. Allison Wolf is a Los Angeles-based singer, songwriter, writer, and podcaster. As a founding member and lead singer of the punk rock band Bratmobile, she became one of the leading voices of the Riot Girl movement. Wolf has also fronted other bands, including Sex Stains, Party Line, and Cold Cold Hearts. She was also one of the principal creators of the original Ladyfest music festival in the year 2000. She has more recently been the creator and host of the punk rock interview podcast, I'm in the Band. Quick, when the going gets tough, the tough get going facts. When the going gets tough, the tough get going is the second studio album by English new wave band Bow Wow Wow, originally released in 1983. It was produced by Mike Chapman, who previously worked with Pat Benatar and Blondie, amongst others. It is the final album featuring all four original members of the band. At the behest of guitarist Matthew Ashman, vocalist Annabella Lewin wrote all the lyrics on the album. The lead single, Do You Wanna Hold Me, reached number 47 in the UK, but fared better on the Dutch charts, where it peaked at number 3. Then with the help of a video in heavy rotation on MTV, the song achieved success in the United States of America. And there you have it. Let's quit wasting time and see what this interview is all about. Here comes my chat with Allison Wolf about when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Mm-hmm. 
this Bow Wow Wow album, can you remember getting into it or being introduced to it? Or um, yeah, what, what was that experience? Yeah, so I grew up in Olympia, Washington, and um, my mom was like a lesbian feminist who started the first women's health clinic in our town. Anyway, needless to say, she wasn't listening to things like Bow Wow Wow. <laughs> um, you know, but I did, you know, I did come of age, like, I guess, well, I, there's many different coming of ages. But anyways, I was in middle school and high school in the 80s. So um, to place me in that directly in the new wave path. So yeah, she had mostly like folk music at home, mostly women, folk, you know, women, feminist, lesbian, whatever, folk music. So I was kind of raised on that. But, you know, obviously you have to find your own way. I think we got into New Wave just, you know, because it was the 80s and stuff. But also it was like MTV had just come on the air at some point when I was in middle school. I think when I was like 13 or something. At some point, you know, like Bow Wow Wow also was on MTV and stuff like that. But I we also listened to a New Wave radio station and it was called KYYX, The Wave, out of Seattle. And so we listened to that all the time. And that was really fun. And they played tons of Bow Wow Wow. So I guess like to me, I was interested in a lot of different bands, but I was very interested in Bow Wow Wow because it was like a girl singing and it, they were really fun. And they also had that like amazing like drumming, you know, that was like, I think they had like double drums or whatever, you know, many multiple drum tracks and stuff like that. But everything was just so danceable and fun. And I thought that Annabella's lyrics seemed like they were really kind of, I don't know, like, like silly sometimes and fun and fun, you know, everything. And I, I don't know, I really liked that because I was kind of goofy. I feel like I was kind of too goofy to be punk. <laughs> um, I, you know, so I was, I kind of stuck in the, stayed in the new wave lane for a while, at least through most of freshman year. And then, at, you know, once I was like sophomore in high school, I think I was going to punk parties and punk shows and stuff like that. But I don't know, like I, I try to look back and think like, okay, well, because I'm in bands now, I kind of think like, well, how did you get there? So I, I definitely really loved like all the bands with girls in them that were you know, the new wave mainstays, like whatever you had, like Blondie, Bow Wow Wow, B-52s, Joan Jett, the Go-Go's. Um, I loved all of those. So a lot of stuff like that, that I was really into. So I don't, I know I didn't have any Bow Wow records until much later, but we also couldn't really afford to buy records. I just remember thinking that cassette tapes were the most amazing thing because you could go to someone's house and record their record. Mm. <laughs> so even Duran Duran, it took a long time before we had the records. I think we just like, cause we'd go to our friend's house and tape the albums and then we'd Xerox the lyrics or people would bring records over to each other's houses and cassette tapes. So I didn't actually get my Bow Wow Wow records until 1992. There was a zine convention in Los Angeles, and I remember going to Hollywood to some record store and buying all of these, like, tons of Bow Wow Wow records. Like, I went to some store, and they had, like, all of them. And I was like, oh, my God, and I bought them all. Yeah, so, I mean, I loved it. So I can't think I just kind of got into Bow Wow Wow first through the New Wave radio station from Seattle. And um, I love that they had the C30, C60, C90 go like they mm -hmm. I think their first release was actually a cassette or something like that, which was the first cassette single ever. Really? Ever. No way. Yep. That's really exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, I I don't know. I could kind of go on and on, but I feel like in a lot of my songwriting later, I reference Bow Wow Wow. Yeah, I think the thing about New Wave generally that was really exciting is it's this 
the punk family tree, you know, a, a few branches down, you have that energy, but with a kind of, you know, poppier, more melodic sensibility. And also the fashion and like the the way that they looked and um, the style. And, you know, especially with this band in particular, that's like, you know, Malcolm McLaren creation originally and Vivian Westwood designs and all that stuff. But this album in particular, it was like they had gotten away from Malcolm McLaren. They were doing their own thing. And it's there's so much in it. There's so much going on. It's like, you know, you can hear kind of punk influences and there's some kind of ska stuff. And there's sort of like uh, 50s, 60s girl group sounds or something. And just like a, a huge amount of musical influences coming in, a huge amount of styles. And then her voice is totally amazing as well. She's such an incredible vocalist. Yeah. So yeah, quite a, an amazing moment in time. Yeah. But I learned so much about them. Like, I mean, a lot of people know the whole thing. Like, okay, she was 14. She was discovered supposedly by Malcolm McLaren. Um, he saw it at a, at a dry cleaner, a laundromat or something, that her mom like got her a job there. She was very young. She was um, born in Burma. And I know her dad was Burmese and her mom was British. And I think they, yeah, they lived in Burma. And then I think the parents divorced or something. And then so her and her mom at least moved um, to England. And I think she isn't from London, though. I think she grew up in the countryside somewhere. And I think much has been kind of made of this whole Malcolm McLaren discovery. And everyone's always saying like, oh, they're a you know manufactured band and he exploited her and all this kind of stuff. And she was like, yeah, I was young and stuff. And she was like, yeah, the early lyrics, you know, he wrote. I think he helped either wrote or co-wrote most of the lyrics from the first albums. But by the last album, which is the one we're talking about, when the going gets tough, the tough get going she wrote the lyrics on that album right. and that's why i also chose this record i think she might have co-written with the other guys in the band but you can look at the credits and just the band is credited on all of those songs so um meaning her and the band not malcolm mclaren whereas he's credited on the older stuff i mean i like the older stuff too but the older lyrics are kind of a lot more ridiculous mm -hmm. but i recently reread some stuff that you know whatever old white man journalists have said about bow wow wow even back in the day but you know but none of these guys took them seriously and they didn't take her seriously and i think that there is this kind of girliness or silliness or whatever of these kind of like things that sometimes almost seem like teen girl bedroom culture or like they'll call it like bubblegum pop or whatever mm -hmm. that these men don't take seriously and i think that they should be and have been re-examined in more modern times by people with a more like feminist lens or something like that you know yeah so that's kind of what i was thinking i was like hey this stuff was important and actually inspired a lot of women in music you know and a lot of young girls to feel like hey maybe i can jump around and do that too and also i mean i think the whole manufactured band thing it's like it was an existing band it was you know adam ant's band that was taken away and it was you know for a purpose i think it was loosely to help promote uh vivian westwood's clothes or something but auditioning a singer with a fully formed band it's not like it was the spice girls or something i mean i have nothing against the spice right. girls but um <laughs> uh yeah no and problem <laughs> yeah but just like real musicians and you know annabella was green because she was 14 years old and had been in a band before but really making music together and especially for this album 
coming into their own. And she was still really young. She was like 18 when this album came out, but being much more involved in the process. And like you said, being much more involved in writing and uh, having a bigger hand in like the creative direction of the whole album. So the music feels, yeah, like you can tell that they have, especially that she has ownership over it and has more agency and but, you know, yeah. that, that makes it really yeah. special, too. Yeah, totally. And I think they actually had um, tryouts for the singer. So it wasn't just Malcolm mm-hmm. McLaren plucking her. He right. said they interviewed a lot of people and, and tried out a lot of people and that she was just by far the best. I just watched an, uh, an interview with Annabella where she's talking about that process. And she's like, I'd never been to an audition before. And I was expecting to be, you know, like in a giant theater where you can't see the people who are auditioning you. And they're like, thanks for coming in. But it wasn't like that at all. You know, just something very, <laughs> uh, you know, casual. Um, but uh <laughs> Yeah. yeah. He said she didn't even know, like, she, he said she was looking at the mic and just going, well, how do you do this? You know? Right. And she was like, yeah, I, I'd only ever like sang into a hairbrush at home or something. Right. Because <laughs> so. she was thir- 13 and a half when, you know, the audition process was going on. So like little kid um, makes sense. Yeah. Well, another thing that I found really interesting, too, was that the first show that she ever attended was the first show she played. Right. So she had never even been to, like, concerts or shows before. Um, you know, and, and you can imagine because she was young. She also said her mother was very strict and wouldn't let yeah. her go anywhere. But. Yeah. She, you know, the album cover where it's, you know, uh, trying to recreate a Manet picture and was naked. <laughs> yeah. Her mother called the police and was trying to like get Scotland Yard involved and um, get Malcolm McLaren arrested and whatever. So, oh my yeah. God, I Pre- didn't know pretty that. protective. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you did your homework more than I did. I was gonna look up all this stuff, but then I was like, oh, I leave it to me. Leave it to me. Good. That's so cool. We are going to take a teeny tiny microscopic break, and then we'll be right back. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But yeah, just uh, I, I think it must have been really 
overwhelming um, to be that young and to be in the middle of this, you know, thing that also because of the time they got a, a huge spotlight because of being one of the first bands on MTV, just getting like tons of international attention and um, to go from being like a little girl working in or, you know, hanging out in your mother's dry cleaners to traveling the world. And, you know, she talked about opening for just Queen. gigantic bands. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like um, meeting all of these people who were musical heroes of hers and stuff. Um, it's pretty crazy. Right. Well, yeah, we have to, it's, it's hard, I think, for people to understand now that, but with the advent or the, you know, beginning of MTV, it's like, all of a sudden, people knew what all their favorite musicians looked like. I mean, right. before they might have known from a picture in a magazine, but who knows how old the photo would be, or if you go to the concert, but it's like, people became stars overnight and then all of a sudden couldn't even go to the grocery store or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So you're right. I think it was exponential, like how quickly you would get famous. I know that Bow Wow Wow said that their first tour was with Queen, opening for Queen. Mm -hmm. Imagine that yeah. at big stadiums. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And they said that they, after eight shows, they had to drop off the tour because people were constantly throwing stuff at them. Mm -hmm. The entire set things that were really hurting them, like bottles and, you know, tomatoes or whatever. They said actually even people threw fruit at them and they were getting injured. So they had to just get us the hell out of here, please. Yeah. And, you know, it's too bad because they really loved Queen. But yeah, their fans, Queen fans did not love Bow Wow Wow. So, yeah. But I thought that was amazing. It's like, oh, my God, I'd love to open for Queen. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, Bramobile opened for um, the Melvins, our second show. <laughs> and there were a lot of metalheads in the crowd. And I luckily couldn't hear or see them too much. But Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Cult, she said she was in the audience and came up afterwards and was like, are you guys okay? And I was like, yeah, we just opened for the Melvins. Great. And she was like, oh, because all these guys in the crowd said they wanted to kill you and stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And I was like, oh, so yeah. So when Annabella told that story, it's like, oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but you know, but the Melvins wanted, uh, they chose us to open. And so it's like, it's weird how the fans don't necessarily like the same music that the artist likes or whatever, you know? Right. So. <laughs> I just, you know, I get saying a band is not to my liking, but death threats are a little extreme. <laughs> In my opinion. I know. Call me crazy. I know. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, but I really liked the kind of bright colors and spectacle of Bow Wow Wow. Like I like that they really dressed it up. And I and I know a, probably a fair amount of this was also Malcolm McLaren's doing, but he just made sure that every show was an event. Mm -hmm. Like it's like a circus or a fun fair or, you know, like I think I think one of the early shows, it's like she came down singing on a cordless mic, which is sort of wild to think that that was going on in like 1980. Like she's sliding down on the helter skelter while she's singing the beginning of the song or something, you know, and just stuff like that, where it's like, oh, my God, I would die to be there. I wish I'd been there. And that kind of stuff makes live shows really exciting. And also, again, her style whether it was other people helping her to create that style or whether it was her own she's like just so fucking cool and still is somebody who just has the thing that draws people to live events you know this magnetic energy that is yeah 
really, really incredible. Oh, so cool. And I know I remember a lot of maybe videos and images I've seen of her have that kind of she has those big, colorful, puffy guards on her mics. Oh, my God. I totally went out and bought a bunch of those. Like once I became a singer in a band, once I have my own mic, Mm -hmm. I still have, I think, a new case of the puffies that are all the different colors. (laughs) I was like, no, I have to be like Bow Wow Wow. (laughs) So, Oh, my God. So and cool. It was like what you were saying about, um, you know, how MTV was this huge difference from just seeing an album cover that you can see what your favorite singer, you know, the kind of mic they use, the way they move when they're singing these songs, the, you know, the way they interact with the other band members. And it's like feels much more personal, like you're kind of getting to see their world and, and be a part of it. And, you know, obviously that feeling has... N- gotten worse and worse for people and now everybody thinks they need to have complete access to um everyone they like but whatever but yeah so like i don't know so but back to the album i mean i like all of their songs a lot but i definitely was always the most into their third album their last album Mm -hmm. um i think it's the last album right yeah Yeah. because it was came out in like 83 and then they broke up but Mm -hmm. um when the going get tough gets tough the top get going a lot of it, I, you know, I didn't know till later that that was the only one she'd written the lyrics to. But it makes sense because there's some serious themes in there. And like there's a few songs in there that I just wanted to point out. Like, well, first of all, the most popular of the songs that I wanted to talk about is Do You Want to Hold Me? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, a lot, it was that was a hit or it was a single or whatever. I don't know. But when you really listen to the lyrics, you know, it's like, what is it? Children, I want to warn you. Oh, because I've been to California. Oh, and it's all about kind of like the myth of the American dream through Disneyland, through California. And it's like, um, Mickey Mouse is such a dreamer. Mickey Mouse is as big of a house as a house and all this stuff. And it's like, um, kind of just like warning you about the myth of the American dream and things that aren't real and, you know, whatever through Disneyland. I think it's pretty brilliant, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think, um, That was a really important song to me, and I still think about it a lot, actually. Another song I really love on the album is called Mario, and it's like Mario, Your Own Way to Paradise or something. That is really um, kind of autobiographical in a way. Like, she's talking about a kid who is of mixed race, like she is, and it's talking about, what is it? It's something like, it's like torn between two loyalties, and something like mom kept him under her thumb because the white side needed more Mm -hmm. so it's kind of talking about like the white parent you know it's I feel like it's really kind of alluding to racism and stuff within that family and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and keeping the basically saying the mom kept him under her thumb well sounds like mom was super strict right yeah (laughs) to Annabella and how the father felt alienated but then the father kind of I guess retaliated and all this stuff but I just think it's really interesting that she has this song from you know, the early 80s talking about being mixed race and what the kind of tensions can be surrounding that. So I thought that was really interesting. Also the song Ricky D. I love that song. So it's like Ricky D who worked at the WC. And she said that was based on a real person that there was some public toilet that she went into. And there was a guy who that was his job. He worked there cleaning the bathroom and stuff like that and probably got tips and stuff from it. And she just said he would dance and sing and everything. And he was a real character anyways. But she just, you know, she was really trying to sing about, you know, or like 
I don't know, like talk about a person who's working class, really, you know, she's singing about working class people and also, you know, showing like their personalities within their work and outside of it and whatever. So anyways, I just thought it was it was really interesting because you didn't necessarily hear a whole lot of that stuff in mainstream songs at the time. I didn't. Right, right. Um, and just, again, like having uh, all of the music up until that point kind of uh, delivered to her to perform and being able to really put her life and her experiences into the music and like... I, I like the earlier stuff, but I think this is the best. This is this is what it was like, all really fully formed. And you can feel that, you know, she's really engaged with it and that it is like, you know, I already said this, but she's fully present. It's it, it's like her creating this thing. Yeah, such great songs. Early on, like the Malcolm McLaren lyrics and stuff, like songs like Louis Couture's mm. <laughs> or Sexy Eiffel Towers and things mm -hmm. like that. She was like, I mean, I sang them and it was fun, but I had no idea what it was about. She was like, I was just so naive. And then she said it wasn't until we went on tour and fans or people would tell me, well, you know, you know, make jokes. And, and she'd be like, what? You know, and they'd explain what the songs were about. And the lyrics, she'd be like, what? <laughs> So it's kind of funny. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, some of that stuff wouldn't. I mean, you could not write a song like Louis Couture's. No. I mean, no. It's, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little too rapey. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, exactly. a lot. Yeah. In fact, a lot. Yeah. But, and especially yeah. when you're getting a child to sing it, Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like it, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that she got an opportunity to actually do her own thing and has been for, you know, a really long time now. It's a pretty amazing legacy. Yeah. I, one thing that I think should be said is that currently there are actually two versions of Bow Wow Wow. Right. So, you know, yeah. So they really don't talk now, I don't think. And uh, Lee Gorman has started his own version of Bow Wow Wow, where he just grabbed someone else to sing, you know, and someone who I guess supposedly tries to look like her and act like her. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And of course, she has her version of Bow Wow Wow with other musicians. And I think she calls it something like the original Bow Wow Wow or Bow Wow Wow. Like Annabella's. Annabella. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Annabella's mm -hmm. Bow Wow Wow, something like yeah. that. I just want to warn everyone, if you get tickets, I had a friend who had tickets and we were about to go to Bow Wow Wow. And I was like, now, do you, are you sure this is the one with Annabella? And we, she was like, what? And then we checked and we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad. So we didn't end up going. We probably should have gone anyways. But we were like, fuck that. I can't yeah. support the one without Annabella. I met, re-met Lee like in more kind of recent years because he was doing some kind of fake band with Fred Armisen and um, Steve Jones and whatever. Mm. They were, you know, they do some kind of covery band stuff of stuff from that era or whatever. And I met him backstage once. He was really sweet and cool. But later I was telling Fred Armisen, I was like, dude, how weird is it that he started his own Bow Wow Wow without the singer? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know. Mainstream bands are different. I don't know. They just, there's no shame. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And like, I guess, you know, kind of a tumultuous history, like, you know, right after this album, right after uh, When the Going Gets Tough, 
she got kicked out of the band and did, they didn't tell her. She said somebody tried to call her and she said she couldn't talk right then. And they said, OK, it's fine, but decided to kick her out of the band. And she read it in the NME or something, some like music press and asked them what was going on. Like the the lawyer for the band or the accountant called her and was like, yes, yeah, so you're the last paychecks coming on Friday and then you're going to have to think about what you're going to do because you don't have any money. Um, <gasps> oh my so, God. I didn't know this. See, this is yeah. good because you did a totally different, you did current research and all this. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. So this was even happening back then. Yeah. Wow. And then, you know, I mean, I think there was like, like kind of breaking up and getting back together and coming, you know, having like passing through each other's lives at various points. But, um, yeah, sounds a little fraught. Yeah, and she's really had to struggle. And I know she's really like, you know, made a go of it with the solo career as well. But I'm sure it hasn't been easy, you know. Yeah. And I, I think she's still not really taken as seriously, you know, as she should be or should have been all that. Yeah. Um. Well, I feel enormously satisfied. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for making time for me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks for like filling me in on so much. Like <laughs> I didn't know a lot of that stuff. So yeah. cool. Okay. So again, thank you so much. And um, yeah, take care. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. How cool was that? Thanks again to Allison for making time for me. You can and should check out her podcast, I'm in the Band. Okay, quick spark of the week from me. Uh, so there's this 90s dance track that I had completely forgotten about called Yolanda by Reality. And my friend sent me a link to it the other day, and I cannot stop listening to it. It's completely ridiculous, extremely 90s, and it is a total earworm. So check that out if you're looking for uh, an old school anthem that'll make you wiggle or something. And that's about it. As always, I want you to follow me on social media at Spark Parade. I don't know how many times and how many ways I need to say it, but I will not rest until every single human on this planet has followed me. Every single one. And other than that, Keep your eyes on the prize this week, whatever your particular prize may be. And until next time, bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.